everyone and welcome to the Power Encourage podcast. I'm Eden and I'm your host for today and we are joined by the amazing um, Dank Pro-Life meme lord, Elijah. That's me. <laughs> That's <laughs> you, yes. <laughs> Did you want to tell us a bit about yourself? I mean, obviously, like, you are the most original Dank Pro-Life meme page on the internet. Revolutionized uh, the memes. And the <laughs> Yeah, uh, sure. So yeah, my name's Elijah. Um, I live in New York in the United States. And I uh, probably I think what maybe 2017 or something. Um, I started a I think I think it was in 2017. I, I started a, a, a podcast in a meme page right around maybe a little bit afterwards. So I had a I had the podcast called the fetal position podcast. I did probably like 15 20 episodes of that and realized that a lot of people don't seem to like podcasts or long-form blog posts mm -hmm. and so in response to that I was like well how do people get information out there and how do people come to conclusions and I disappointingly realized that a lot of them are getting their information from memes and so what I did is I was like well I think what I'll do is I will make a meme page that is good memes like not none of this none of this like stupid misrepresentation memes and what i'll do is i will then make a meme and i will link it to a podcast for more information um so i started doing that a little bit and then i think it was in august of 2017 i went from about 400 followers or so to over a thousand in about a month and then I had a whole bunch of pro-life people that did not know me. I did not know them. And they reached out to me and they're like, who are you? What are you doing here? Who, who makes these memes? Where do you get them? And I'm like, ah, I, don't, I make them. Hello, my name is Elijah. You don't know me. I, I'm, I'm very happy that you are here. Um, I, I, re I really appreciate your work. Like it was people from like secular pro-life and like students for life and live action, like reaching out to me. No way. I'm like in my basement making memes. <laughs> oh yeah yeah they're reaching out wow. to me about like you know people you know related to those things like uh i don't know i don't remember their names specifically and the ones that i do remember i don't know if they i'm just not gonna say a bunch of people reached out and they were like your memes are they're, they're fantastic and i think like secular pro-life um uh gave me a bunch of things to post and they shared a bunch of my stuff and then some some pro-life libertarian types like julie borowski shared a bunch of my things and then i got uh into essentially my goal of continuing to make podcasts and using the meme page to promote the podcast kind of went on the wayside um and now i pretty much just make the memes but at the same time like i i reach way more of an audience and i'm able to um promote stuff that it's that uh i think is in i think it's valuable mm -hmm. and other people are making podcasts too i have just recently come to the realization that for me personally i cannot run a podcast <laughs> i am unable i either either that i just i don't know it's I, I love to be on podcasts i love to like speak i love to talk i love to have conversations about it but i is that position podcast is a is that is it a what is that just a timing thing you don't have the time or is it just because like because i don't think you're incapable incapable of making podcasts no correct i'm not incapable physically or whatever i just i don't i think I don't know there's a as you know there's a lot of work that goes in behind the stuff and like you have to have a 
they have to set up set aside some time to like put the outline together and to, to make the show notes and put all the documents together and everything like that and i'm thought with with the stuff i'm doing for work and the stuff i'm running uh a ministry at church called it's the young adult ministry i teach that um i have a bunch of other stuff that i'm doing uh three kids like <laughs> it's just a lot of stuff going on so right it's just a lot and the the podcast just unfortunately kind of went to the wayside plus when you compare the two things that I was doing making making very long form podcasts it was easily six to ten hours worth of work for every episode versus me finding a funny meme template on reddit and then using it to make a pro-life joke like yeah and then with the amount the amount of time it takes versus the amount of impact I have, I, it's just much easier just to make the memes. Yeah. Plus, other people are super good at podcasts. And I mean, I'm not trying to beat my own horn or whatever, but toot toot, because I'm pretty good at memes. So yeah, you are. You're amazing. But other then, people can have the podcast. You've got also good content on your podcast anyway. Like you've got a fair few episodes out there with a lot of information in them. So it's not like you've, you know, there is a lot of information on your podcast. So you know. Right. And I, I think that was originally one of my intents was to make, so I, if you notice like my podcast lineup, like the stuff that I did was very evergreen. If we're going to use marketing terms, like it, it, it's not one of the things that is going to go stale because something is no longer happening. I like, I cover very specific things, two episodes on bodily autonomy, like one episode on personhood, one episode mm -hmm. on this, things that like are always going to be an issue. Um, and so essentially I've, I, I don't know if I did all of the things that I would have wanted to do. Um, and who knows, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll upload all of them to YouTube or something and then stop paying for the podcast yeah. stuff just so that the information is still there. But yeah, I mean, really the story of Dank Pro Life Memes started as a, as a podcast and now it's just become the main thing. See, I didn't know that. And it's interesting that you say that because we are finding out obviously more and more people are have less and less of an attention span, especially young people. Oh, yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. the me, I mean, what inspired you to do that? Like, you know, because again, it hadn't been done before. So um, you saw that lots of people were kind of like clicking onto it and learning from it or, you know. Why yeah, so I with the fetal position podcast what i ended up doing was posting a couple of memes that i didn't make um but i thought they were interesting and they were at least getting close to the point i don't know you've probably seen this one where it has like two or three astronauts and it says something like uh we found no life on mars but all we found were these fetuses yeah. and i was like okay that's pretty good that was one of the ones i think in like 2017 i was like okay this is actually a pretty good one it's not like exactly doesn't address exactly what some people are saying but it's pretty good and I posted that one I got a bunch of shares and I was like hmm, okay yes I understand that and then I posted essentially the exact same thing um and what it was in text and I got uh, next to nothing I mean I didn't have an I didn't have a lot of a, a big audience but the memes just make have, have so much more traction um, and then I ended up having a, a conversation with some people over at uh, Equal Rights Institute who I wanted them to help me out with like, what, what approach should I have to memes? Like, I want to, I want to not poison the well. I want to not be uncharitable. And so they actually, Josh and um, his brother actually helped me a lot with kind of like figuring out, narrowing my focus, making sure that I wasn't misrepresenting anything. And so like, <laughs> I think a lot of people look at the memes and they're like, yeah, he, you know, he probably sits down in the toilet and makes a meme in five minutes, which is accurate, but there's a lot more like <laughs> me being careful about um, like the words that I use. And like a lot of times I will use the word human being instead 
of using the word person because that's assuming something or if I want to argue for personhood then I will argue for personhood mm -hmm. something like that um so it's it's a, there's a lot going on with it I think one of the reasons that it's it's popular is because of that um mm -hmm. and like because I know that a lot of times people who are a little more nuanced in their, in their thinking won't necessarily um won't necessarily share a meme if it's a little bit weird but yeah. like I've had people like that I I very much respect share some of my memes and I'm like wow that like thank you like that's mm -hmm. awesome not, not necessarily because you're I'm getting your audience but because that means you're endorsing not only what I'm saying but the way I'm saying it too yeah. which is a big compliment like yeah. coming from people that like like somebody like uh like Clinton Wilcox or like uh Nathan Apodaca where they're a little more nuanced and stuff those uh, and I think Scott Klusendorf may have shared maybe one mm -hmm. I don't know um but yeah there's there's some like and like people from secular pro-life or yeah uh people that I I genuinely respect um sharing some of the memes that I'm posting and I, I, I just appreciate that because it, it there's a lot of thought that goes into it even though maybe not a lot of time now because it's yeah. kind of second nature to me. So I've got a question. All of your yep. memes, you never act like at Dank Pro Life memes. Do you know what I mean? You always keep them like, oh, who created this? Who made this? Why do you do oh. that? Is there any reason? Oh. <laughs> so that when <laughs> you mean like bigger people share it, it's not going to be like, oh, the little at Dank Pro Life memes at the bottom, you know? Which I think is very interesting. I think it's actually really good because it shows yeah, you like, uh, the kind of the your name. You're in it just for the content and to actually get the message out there. But is there any reason that you don't do that? You mean like tagging the memes themselves with like a DPLM or something yeah. like that? Because yeah, yeah. I used to do that um, for a little while. So I'm not going to say who um, <laughs> because it... Uh, it would be mean but uh there was a specific person that when they made their meme um somebody uh whited out or photoshopped out their logo and they got so mad so mad and then a couple people who took the content of somebody else's tweet and then the other person's tweet got really really popular um I think what I ended up doing was I ended up seeing all the mental energy that people were expending just trying to pretend as though putting words on a picture was some kind of intellectual property um that they owned and then I was like you know what that's not I don't know, even like setting aside all the libertarian or anarchist arguments for intellectual property, all of that, setting that aside, my goal was not to promote me. My goal was to promote the particular message that I wanted to put out there. And so I just did that. And I took my, took Dang Pro Life memes off of all the little tags. Plus it was really stupid. Like I ended up making the meme. So I, I, what I'll do is I'll take a screenshot and I'll put it into Twitter or something and I'll put a caption and then I'll take a screenshot of the, tw of the tweet and then I'll bring it over to Instagram. And then I have to add my little tag to it in the story feature because I don't have these editing. Yeah. Yeah apps yeah. or whatever they have all i used was like snapchat or instagram and things like that and so adding the extra tag like it took i'm spent eight minutes on the toilet instead of five come on <laughs> i got time for this <laughs> i don't have time to make a podcast you think i have time to add these little tags so i like to pretend that it's it's much more selfless than it i mean it, it was in terms of like mm -hmm. i i didn't necessarily feel as though i needed the, the credit yeah I, like if someone likes my stuff great follow the page don't follow me plus if more people follow me then i get doxxed and i don't want to be doxxed i'm not interested 
in having people know my address and <laughs> I don't want that. So it, it was uh, one, because the message itself was more important than coming to me and me. Um, it helps that I'm, if, if you, um, there was one person on Twitter recently was, was upset because one of her tweets was stolen by somebody else. And I asked why, why she was upset about it. Uh, and then she said, I don't know, it's probably just a stupid thing to be upset about. It, well, I mean, it's, it's not a stupid thing to be upset about, but she goes, well, this other person who stole my tweet ended up getting some kind of um, Students for Life Ambassador Award or something. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, that's a little, that's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, wow. What you say? Yeah, that happens though. That happens. Do you know what I mean? Like people take people's right. stuff. Right. It just, it is a, th it's a thing. So, but if you consistently produce good content, um, then you don't have to worry about being viral. You just make exactly. good content all the and time. Just do, just friggin' do it, man. Yeah. And anyone who sees a pro-life meme is probably going to think of you, like regardless of whether or not your tags on it. Kind of what you know. Well, it's in interesting. Um, it is interesting because recently with all this stuff going on with Roe v. Wade and all this other stuff, uh, abortion being in the news and everything, um, I haven't made many memes recently, but I've been posting some freaking <laughs> crazy, dank nonsense. Like it was like some of these things, I'm, I'm like hesitant to post them because they're way too spicy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I haven't made a lot lately. Um and even the ones that I have made, like sometimes it'll be like three years and then someone will be like, hey, was, do you remember this meme? Mm. And I'm like, no, I don't remember what it is. And then they're like, I found it. I was like, oh, that's got a thing for like memes tag on it. <laughs> I made that one four years was me. ago or something. At this point, like, I don't even, who, all of my stuff is just in the ether. I'm just, just taking it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this question is kind of like completely like unrelated to all of this okay. we're talking about. Uh, but what secret conspiracy uh, would you like to start? Oh, a secret conspiracy. Um, what secret conspiracy? I like pretty much anything that, well, so my, my main thing with, with conspiracies is conspiracies give the government way too much uh, credit for being not as stupid as they actually are. Um, so what you have to just think of something crazy and then just say that it's uh it's a shadow shadow government or like the the deep state or something so okay so i already like that birds aren't real that's great i'm a big fan of the flat earth stuff hilarious wait hang on absolutely wait, phenomenal wait, sorry hang on what birds aren't real yeah what that's you don't know this okay this is my idea this yeah. One. yeah birds are government drones that's that's yep. a real conspiracy theory. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know how many people who, who would promote it would be unironically saying it, but I think it's hilarious. Um, there's like there's like some lore behind it and stuff like that. That it's like there was one day in the past or whatever that there were no birds anywhere seen after, before then and then or after that and then all of a sudden a whole bunch of birds came back or whatever really <laughs> and then everybody's like oh yeah do you remember that one day that we didn't see any birds and they're like yeah maybe because like it's it's vague enough and you're like oh yeah there was okay, i think so that was the day that the government removed all the birds and replaced them with government drones i've never heard that one before that is ridiculous. so birds aren't real guys but anyway if any of you don't believe birds yeah. that's a bit ridiculous i mean they've clearly Let's... never owned a pet pigeon but that's fine moving on okay no but what would you start if i mean they're very have you, have you seen oh go on <laughs> sorry 
Hmm. I was just going to say, have you, have you seen the advanced technologies of birds now? Every bird you see is by definition a drone. So if it looks normal, yeah. that means that you're just a part of the, you're just being fooled. Yeah, that means I've just been deceived. So my bad, actually. Sorry, guys. They're all drones. Right. Yeah. So, so they're all drones. So that's but what that. would I start? What would I start? I would pro um, I feel like I'd want to do something with like professional sports. Like like all professional sports are like a uh, a front for something else or that they are a distraction from something else like on purpose like a lot of people are distracted by those who are not paying attention to politics but it'd be like george soros is in charge of the super bowl i think i that might be where i'd want to go is some sports related thing so that it, it it keeps all the all the smooth brains at bay while they, yeah, yeah, you know, while they do whatever they're doing in the back right yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And you know what? I wouldn't even, I would actually believe that conspiracy. I mean, I didn't just make it up for sure. It's a real thing. Because I, even though I just made it up just now, I mean, it's definitely oh, a real yeah. thing. Well, it's true. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously. Put it on the, put it on the page. <laughs> Bill, Bill Gates is in charge of the, the <laughs> season finale of soccer, whatever that's called. Yeah. Football, actually. But okay. That's fine. Don't worry. Football. Yes. Make mistakes. All right. My bad. Okay. <laughs> okay, right. So obviously we've had all this Roe v. Wade stuff going on in the news. It's all a bit crazy, a bit hectic. Um, now, I am not really into politics. I don't really understand it. I don't get it. I don't even get English politics, let alone American. So can you please explain for our audience what it is about, what it will mean if Roe's overturned, um, and what it looks like in the States? So, uh, full disclosure, I'm not a legal expert. I tend to lean more towards philosophy and science than I do with law, but I do have a, at least a, a pretty fair understanding of it. Um, so basically right now in the 70s, uh, Roe v. Wade was, Roe v. Wade was passed. Um, that was basically a judicial decree from the Supreme Court. Supreme Court is at the federal level. So at the, in the United States, we have the federal level, and then you have, it goes down to the state level. And then you, as you go down, you have different levels of government. The Constitution essentially lays out that the, that the federal government has these powers. Um, you know, it's very expressly listed in the Constitution. And then it says that all the other powers, it says it specifically, every other power is reserved to the states. So anything that the federal government, it doesn't say in this document right here, this is the document that has all the federal government powers, anything else, states. Um, what we've done over time is we've had amendments and things like that that have given, uh, that have kind of clarified some of the things that are going on. And then you have also Supreme Court, um, like judicial decrees. And so the Supreme Court is essentially like something that if it's unable to be solved at the state level, it is then brought up to the Supreme Court level and the Supreme Court then decides it. And then if it's decided, then it's a precedent. Technically. It's, a, it's the Supreme Court, so they have a judicial, um, I guess, the judicial say over the issue. And any time that there's like a, a conflict at, a, at the state level, the state, the state, the judicial branch of the state can appeal to the judicial level of the federal government. But you don't technically have to do that. Um, there's something called uh, uh, nullification. 
which uh, getting it, I don't want to get too close, too far into this, but it's essentially that the state is allowed to essentially say, hey, thanks for your opinion, federal government, but I don't care. Um, and they're allowed to do that, but they don't because, oh. yeah. So, so there's, it, yeah, go for it. Sorry, the federal government, that yep. is like the overall, like that's like the top tier kind of like overseer of the state government. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the way that it is right now. Um, okay. The way that it was originally intended is not not the case. So originally intended, it was the United States of America. So we are a bunch of states united under one under one banner, and that banner is the federal is the United States, right. the federal government. But the federal government, when it was originally intended, was not meant to micromanage the states it was like we have these 10 powers i don't know how many there are we have these 10 powers and we can kind of like when there's like let's just say hypothetically if somebody murdered somebody in ohio and then went to pennsylvania and then went to new york and then went to maine or connecticut all of them just murder somebody in every state that would be a above the state level kind of thing and that's when it would be they'd be okay. like a federal crime okay sorry, unfortunately oh, yeah sorry just before you carry on so it's kind of like a mini country scenario like every state is like a mini country with its own government absolutely yeah okay. and actually that they're united together as like there are roads that connect us and but even that's the same in like in europe like there's roads that go between everybody um we are united in in uh currency and not even language like we don't even have officially have an official language <laughs> like a lot of people say like the official language of the united states is english but we don't actually have one some of the states do um and some of the states actually have multiple languages official languages but that's so like it's very much the way that it was intended is very much like a we are a bunch of powerful individual states or almost like little countries um but the federal government is what unites us in a few handful of different things got it, got it. um but unfortunately over time the federal government has gotten more power and the federal government's power has increased over time because they have we give tax money to the federal government each individual state does and then the federal government then gives us back our tax dollars in the form of subsidies in some fashion um, and so this uh, nullification thing where the state can basically say hey cool opinion you got there but i uh, don't care uh they don't do that because then we would be cut off from all of our subsidies it's it's complicated, but basically there are no states with the cojones to um, to do what can potentially be done. Um, there's a big a bunch of literature and more on like the more the the constitutional conservative libertarian classical liberal that end of the uh, end of the political spectrum that talks about jury nullification and things like that that you can that the state has this power to do that. But I think a lot of times, not only is it very well, not very well known, but also I think people would get confused about it and they would think that there's some kind of like coup going on. So people are stupid and even though they have the power to do it, they probably won't. But okay, so in general, the federal government or the, the Supreme Court has decided that in 1973, I think it was, yeah. um, that Roe v. Wade was essentially the law of the land, which, which made it so that you could have an abortion for any reason from all the way up until birth. Um, the uh, repealing Roe v. Wade, okay, so taking one step, real, one step back real quick, um, where we're at right now with murder, like the laws on the books that are about murder is very rarely is there any sort of um, federal level murder. And there isn't a, I don't think there's a Supreme Court precedent 
for murder trials. Actually, that I'm going to walk that back. Maybe there probably are some, but they're case by case. We don't have a situation here where we are, uh, where there's like a, a, this is how you handle murder, thus say it's a federal government. You know, murder is handled at the state level. So if we're going to talk about killing innocent unborn human beings as murder, like I'm just using that term in case it becomes illegal to do, um, then it should be at the state to decide because that's how murder that's is how murder all the is. time. Exactly. I see what you're saying. Right. That makes sense. Right. And so there, the, the idea that we had to have the Supreme Court define this is first bad legislation. And second, they use bad science to be able to determine this. And they use bad arguments like even some of the more honest, and I, I hate to like call them dishonest, I think maybe more of the informed pro-choice people when they are actually understanding the legislation of Roe v. Wade will understand that it's bad legislation. Like it's just, it wasn't done very well. Uh, it, even setting, setting aside the morality of abortion completely, like it's, a, it's bad legislation. The punishment or however you want to look at it for abortion ought to be decided by the states because that's how this is done. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, but it's interesting too, if you think about like more of the pro-life side who like the federal government, which depending who you talk to, they may or may not like the federal government. Um, but there are some people who are looking to establish a pro-life federal law, which again, I don't think I'm on board with that because no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see why, yeah, and I see why you would, yeah, I see why you wouldn't be. Right, so if murder is supposed to be decided by the states, um, then, and very rarely, like I was talking about Ohio, Pennsylvania, that murderer, that's a federal murder, like federal crime. He prosecuted at the federal level because he did it in a bunch of states. Um, but I don't, and I don't understand how, how abortion could, could do that. Like maybe somebody gets pregnant with twins and has an abortion in friggin' Kentucky and then goes to Tennessee and has the other abortion. Like, I, I don't even know how that would work, but yeah. Yeah, like I said, murder is and always should be default to be decided by the states, um, and repealing Roe v. Wade would bring it back to the states. Uh, unfortunately, not all the, like, I live in New York. Like, right now, abortion, we have abortion laws uh, on the books that are basically, like, if Roe v. Wade's repealed, you can still get an abortion all the way up until uh, birth. I think. I'm pretty sure that's still where it is. I remember a little while ago, they had, maybe two years ago or something, they had, they, like, lit up um the empire state building i think it yeah, was yeah. it was pink I saw that pink yeah it was pink it was like you can kill your babies here forever yeah gosh so then Ooh. all this kind of celebration about ending roe v wade it's actually not going to end abortions because it just breaks oh. brings it back to a state level um it, it would end some in some states okay so like more conservative states like i think georgia and alabama i think have some some laws on the books um mm. but it, it would do nothing in you know in the in new york nothing new york. in i think in california it wouldn't do anything in i think virginia has it all the way up uh, yeah I don't, i'd have to look at the individual states the um all, all what they have there but um it, so, it will end it, it will reduce it in some places it will not in other places so then why are there different abortion laws in different states if Roe v. Wade exists? Do you know what I mean? Um, it, yeah, so a lot of places, what, what they have done in the past or they have, um, 
it's essentially like if Roe v. Wade was were to be repealed, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. But because we because Roe v. Wade's a thing, uh, it's not a thing. Yeah, we're not gonna do it. Wait, what? <laughs> like if 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 Roe v. Wade is repealed, um, this the then it becomes a state decision thing. Like they they all have stuff on the books based on um, on what how my how should I phrase this? Based on legal, like so for example, like okay, so wrap my head around this. So they all have to have some kind of legal abortion because of Roe v. Wade. Right. And then if Roe v. Wade is repealed, then it becomes then a state be thing. And then uh, uh, right. this has helped me so much <laughs> because I did not know what they were talking about. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like I'm like, I'm, oh, I should go to America and I'm joking. Coach Wilson's over here would have loved that. Um, <laughs> no, exactly I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little hesitant because I know that I'm not a legal scholar. So I feel like everything that I'm, I'm saying, there might be some potential. So Dude. I guess full, full disclosure on everything I just said, I, I might, I might be wrong. I don't think I am, but I might be. <laughs> okay. But that, no, that seriously actually helped me a lot to kind of wrap my head around it because I just didn't understand it at all. And I don't think a lot of people over here do understand it because even like on TikTok, which my TikTok has blown up over the past few days. Right. And people don't yeah. understand, especially in this country that, you know, abortion will still be legal in some places. They think it means a complete blanket ban of abortion, which isn't the case. So now I can actually speak about it with a bit more confidence being like, <laughs> let me tell you. Right. I mean, I think as long as you think about it as the abortion laws being then returned to the states, like taking the power away from the federal government, giving it back to the states, and the states all decide what they're going to do. Yeah. Some states have already decided what they're going to do, and that's that's what it is. But then the state decides. It's like when a, when a kid turns 18, they can now make the state. What? I see. I was going to say, but then, so the states determine that through voting, right? Just. Uh, that I, uh, maybe. Um, so we're a lot of people think that the United States is a, a democracy, but we're actually a representative republic, um, which means we have representatives who vote for us. Uh, those people are hypothetically elected democratically. It, yeah, we're not a strict democracy, and it gets a little bit complicated. And I think different places have different rules but uh this is yeah my my understanding of this breaks down pretty quickly <laughs> okay, right. mostly i think because i live in new york state and none of my votes ever freaking matter matter yeah okay that makes a lot of sense um so kind of moving now on to something a bit more light-hearted <laughs> what do you think is the sexiest and least sexiest last name <laughs> last name hmm I don't know, like you just just, mm, just talking about the name itself. <laughs> I mean, I almost feel like I need to say like Depp. Depp. Oh. Awfully oh, last yeah. name. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see, least sexy. Who am I gonna throw under the boat here? Under the under the bus here. Uh. <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean, Obama is a little bit sexier than Biden. Oh. I don't know. I feel like anything that's long-term politician, 
It's probably the least sexy. Okay. That thing. Rockefeller, um, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't want that one. Um, nope. So, how did you kind of get passionate about pro-life activism? What kind of fueled your your fire to start the podcast, and then obviously go onto the meme page? Uh, so the podcast, I originally started that because I really liked listening to podcasts generally. And then I couldn't find another good pro-life podcast, but I had just finished binging essentially um, Life Report, which was Josh's, Josh Brown at ERI, his previous podcast. Uh, he had like 199 episodes of it or something like that. Wow. And so he, yeah, it, it's really good. I don't know if you know it's available. I think it's pro-life podcast net or something I think they might all be available still but they are super good um and then I was listening to a couple other podcasts that were like here and there uh, I think Scott Klusendorf was occasionally on Stand to Reason podcast and like every once in a while I'd hear like Trent Horn talk about abortion or something and uh, every time I was like this is really good like I really like this stuff um um, but I want more of it and I want like a consistent podcast feed of it. Um, and then I was looking for it and literally nobody was doing anything about it. Um, all the ones that exist right now, like anything from students for life or anything from live action, uh, I think they're all doing podcasts now. And the, none of those were, uh, were a thing, I think in like 2016. Um, and so I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I graduated from uh, from Buff State in 2013 uh, with a degree in biology and I entered in philosophy. And I, the entire last two years of my work, my, my getting my degree there, I had become a Christian. And I, you know, I became a Christian a little bit before then. I became a Christian in college and then um, got my degree in biology, philosophy, and then uh, started the podcast a couple, a few years after that, um, mostly just because I was like, well, I have the I have the expertise, like technically expertise, and then I have the interest in it. And I, I, I just want to have a spot to kind of put all my thoughts. And the, when I ended up just putting all my thoughts in a certain place, I was like, well, I can read this probably. And then I was like, well, I'll look into a podcast. And so I started looking into podcasts. Like this was like before I heard a lot of people that like who get, who have podcasts and stuff. Um, and I, uh, just kind of like found some random people who could help me start a podcast and did, I did that. And then I just, I went, I went a bunch of episodes and it was always like one of those, like, Oh shoot, I haven't made a podcast episode in two weeks. So oh, three weeks have gone by. I haven't done a podcast episode. Um, and so I did, I did my best to like try to actually continue doing that. But, uh, my, I had, I had very big plans for the podcast, but they ended up kind of not really panning out because I wanted to get like long form content with like a Muslim defending the pro-life view, an atheist defending the pro-life view, uh, all, all different religions, all different perspectives. Like I wanted progressive, libertarian, conservative, like standard Democrat, um, socialist, potentially anarchists for life. Like I wanted to get somebody from, yeah, I mean, feel, hey, you can take that idea. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I'll claim, I'll put our stamp on it. 
<laughs> yeah, go ahead, do that. Because I mean, I think it sounds like really cool. Because like, if you just had a whole bunch of content that was all it was was interviewing people about their personal perspective on the world and how a pro life perspective fit in on that, then it, not only is that a really cool like you get a chance to really see into somebody's perspective on like politics and religion and anything else, but like also then if you you run into somebody who let's just say they're an atheist uh who with like a muslim background like they have like islam as like a moral standard but like then they're atheists and so they're like okay they give you some secular stuff but then also kind of feed in what i know about islam for like stuff so i was planning on that that was a that was a cool thing that i was planning on but uh, like i said podcasts are hard (laughs) what do you say I was going to say maybe when the kids are grown up, but by then abortion. Yeah, right. Legal, so. Exactly. 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 I, won't have a, I won't have to do this anymore. Yeah, exactly. We'll just put ourselves <laughs> out of the job. You have to find something else to do in the toilet. <laughs> uh, right, well, maybe I'll just poop instead. <laughs> but it, it is interesting. Um, I I know a bunch of people who like are full time in pro life stuff, and I I completely respect that 100. percent I could never, like, I, I, I can't, like, I have to take so many breaks away from this stuff that I, I would like right now I'm an engineer. Um, and I can do that. Like, I'm good. I, I'm good with that. And I, if I end up switching jobs or switching whatever and going into more like something else, but I, I don't know. I, I tried to get in a little bit into like doing full-time um, pro-life work back when I lost my job in 2016. But, uh, uh mm, Mm, no. so is it just <laughs> no, it was, like, was it was it just because it was too much you got out like what was the reason um well uh, trying to get into it i won't say with what organization but trying to get into it was a bit of a a bigger bit of a a bit more of a person uh, debacle than i had originally yeah, assumed yeah. not necessarily debacle that gives it a negative spin but it was more complicated than i than just like filling out paperwork to being working for someone um uh it was more like missionary type work where like you had to like raise funds and things like that and i was like nah. and then there's a bunch of other like like students for life or whatever they have a bunch of people who are working on them on that and a lot of them have like reached out to me and they're like hey what how do i do this how do i do that i'm like here's i don't know i have some memes um but i think one of the things that i for me i i use this as like a this is like my my um not side gig because i don't make any money off of this but this is like my my social justice choice cause of choice where i uh i'll do this and i think it helps that all i really have to do is make memes um also i think one of the cool things is and i want to get back into this with the the meme page is there was a bunch of these like uh, i don't remember what the name of the organization was but they were doing these things where they would like downvote or give bad reviews on like Yelp or Google or whatever and they would review all these crisis pregnancy centers negatively and every time they would do that I would be like well all right game on and then I would choose that same pregnancy resource center and then I would spread it to my community and they ended up every single time I think it was like six or seven of them um started off tanking and then just shot right back up again. Wow. That so is I, amazing. I think, 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the cool things about me being able to just exclusively focus on reaching a larger audience and specifically a, a larger audience that likes to consider themselves to be based where they have an opinion and they want to do something about it, but they're never actually going to do anything about it except be mad at people on the internet. But you know what I can do? I can take that being mad on the internet. I can direct that over here and then we can give this random crisis pregnancy center in wow. San Francisco a, a bump up. So I, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of possible things that I could do with this, but like, I don't, I, I in terms of like doing it full time, I don't, that would be something that I, I don't have to dedicate 40 hours to, and then feel bad if I'm not doing it like outside of it or whatever. I don't know. I just, like, yeah. if I had to, if I, cause I make filters right now, I'm a, I'm a design engineer making filters. And if I, if I was really passionate about that, I'd want to continue making filters afterwards, then making filters would become my life. And that seems weird. And at the same time, like if I was doing pro-life work for 40 hours a week and then I got home and I wanted to continue doing pro-life work, yeah, it feels like there's burnout there somewhere. But as of right now, I, I can make filters for eight hours a day and I can come home and spend three hours on and off doing pro-life work at, on a random Sunday afternoon for me, evening for you, talking to you about it, and yeah. going on podcasts and occasionally going out to like uh I did a couple things out in um, at UC Berkeley and going to Penn, uh, Pittsburgh one time for stuff and going to March for Life. Like it's it's yeah. a it's a worthwhile. I hate to say hobby, but I mean it's right, a hobby. Side passion, side passion. <laughs> right? And hopefully we'll get better way to put it anyway. So then you can come over here. Yeah, a side passion. That's a better way to put it than a hobby. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so another like unrelated question. Since we've been talking about toilets so much, yes. Do you put the toilet roll over or under? So I do over. Okay, thank goodness you're saying you're saying. But oh, oh no, but so is there I think there was a study done on this, and the reason we started putting it over was it was actually promoted by the toilet paper company. And because you use statistically more if it goes over than you would do if it goes under, right. because you just take off less. So like if so like think about if it goes this way and you you rip it off just with one hand, it's gonna rip higher up on the roll if it's in the front, right? But if it's going the back, then it go and rip off right at the bottom. <laughs> so I I don't know. This might be one of those ones where I change my mind just to save some money on toilet paper. But I still think it's weird when people go around back. That's weird. Yeah. I um, but well. I, 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 uh, it's not natural in my opinion. <laughs> right. And I think the toilet paper company did a great job brainwashing us into thinking that using more toilet paper was a better idea. Birds are not real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I've just, everything's been destroyed. Now I might have to start like going under because you know, the UK, like everything, the cost of living is literally skyrocketing. So now that you oh, talk yeah. about that, I think I'll be able to tell people, maybe advertise it on abortion resistance. Make yep. sure you put your toilet paper under guys. You, I mean, all you got to do is say that you think you're pro-life and you put your toilet paper over. You can't be pro-life if your toilet paper doesn't go under the roll. <laughs> oh, you're so pro-life. Yet how do you put your toilet paper? Exactly. If we're just going to attach all these other random things to being pro-life, this is another one. It's a worthy cause. You think birds are real? Not even pro-life. <laughs> okay, no, but let's talk about this because this is something that like it's rife, especially on social media. Why do you think people think that we need to agree with them on every other 
issue under the sun in order to be pro-life? Or why do you think people want us to do everything for everyone if we want to say that we're against abortion? Because I was thinking about this the other day, like no other group, campaigning group, has that problem like you don't see somebody who's like um like black lives matter leader and they're like oh well you don't donate to women in pregnancies oh well you don't give your money to people in africa oh well you don't. so therefore you're not really anti-racism you know they, they don't get that so why why do you think it is um i th i i'm really bad at assessing motivations but i think there's at least a couple things going on here one it's it's easy to misunderstand the term pro-life um and then make a rhetorical talking point from it. Um, and two, I think it's easier to attack somebody for being a hypocrite and not follow through with that logic at all than it is to deal with what they're actually saying. Because if we said it's wrong, so one, it's wrong to kill an innocent human being, two, abortion kills an innocent human being, three, therefore abortion is wrong. They don't even have to address that if, if you say something along the lines of, if you point out in some capacity that they are hypocrites. I mean, as long as you can show that they're hypocrites, who cares? And because it's so, everything is so polarized, I don't know if it will matter um, because unfortunately, I think partially my fault is that memes are to blame is because people are just, like you said earlier, they're, the, the, the um, attention span is super low. People don't spend the time actually trying to figure out what other people believe, because in order to do that, in order to be charitable, you have to potentially think that you might actually be wrong, and that attacks me personally. I can't possibly be wrong. I think, side note, did you, did I, I think I read something, I'm, I'm obsessed with psychology lately. Uh, there is actually a study or, or two that was done that shows the chemicals released in your brain when someone attacks your attacks, quote unquote attacks, your political beliefs is the same thing that you would be getting if you were being attacked by like a lion. <gasps> because yeah, because people attach their political beliefs to their identity. And there's actually a couple different ways of looking at conflict and this is an interesting thing, another side note kind of thing. There's two different ways that people look at conflict. One is task conflict and one is, um, is relationship conflict. Relationship conflict, if I'm attacking you personally, I'm attacking our relationship. But if we're working together on a task, uh, I can correct your what you've done on a task and you don't take it as relationship conflict. So like at work, people often will have task conflict and it ends up working out better because it, you know, uh, butting heads of people who know what they're doing works it works out well but when what happens at my work is there's a very particular guy who rubs everybody the wrong way and especially this other guy and they have task conflict that always transforms itself into relationship conflict and they hate each other so i think what we're doing now is we are all of us collectively as human beings have attached our identities to our political beliefs. And so when someone presses against your political beliefs, you are seeing it as a personal relationship conflict when you should be seeing it as a task no. conflict. And so your brain releases a chemical that's the same thing as you're being attacked by a wild animal when you are being attacked by someone who disagrees with you politically. There's so many problems with the way we deal with stuff nowadays. And I, I'm, I don't want to completely blame any particular generation, but there's a specific generation that said, you do not talk about politics and religion in, with, with polite company. Oh, 
So there, there have been literal decades where we have been unable to talk about this stuff politely without people getting offended. And it's, there, there's, there's my overarching psychology of, of the pro-life, pro-choice debate. <laughs> that is crazy about the brain. Like, I cannot get over that. I'm going to have to start reading more into psychology. That is absolutely fascinating. And it's so true because you look, especially with like young people, people like, you know, teens, early 20s, kind of like our, well, my age group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 34 is young, okay? Um, and you see it, you see it. They do, they attach like some, there's some way of thinking um, with who they are. Yeah. And that's, oh, how, yeah, for sure. that's how they will introduce themselves to you. That's how they show themselves on social media. Um, so that's really, really interesting. Um, kind of going on from that onto kind of like the whole way we speak about abortion. Actually, before I go on to that, I just want to say like at the beginning of what we just spoke about there, you mentioned how, you know, the term pro-life, you know, it could mean, you know, it's not particularly clear, which I think is a good thing that abortion resistance has done because we've kind of just like narrowed it straight down. Um, yes. Which has actually been really helpful because then people don't get confused. Right. And I think one of the things that I've, I tend to do with dang pro-life memes is I attached the, the term pro-life to myself before I really got into any sort of the debates about it. And I think I like the term pro-life um, I don't hate it. I'm not like against it. But if anybody were to like tell me like, oh, you're not actually pro-life, I kind of tend to just make fun of them for that um, because they just misunderstand what the term pro-life is. And that, that makes for good meme material. So like, I'm not really like looking forward to like changing the name or anything like that. But if it, I don't know if I would have, knowing what I know now about the political um, baggage that comes with the term pro-life, I don't know if I would have chosen it again. But mm -hmm. now that I have it, I think I can use it as good meme material and things like that. It makes it makes it really, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's, you know, I'm just going to run with what I have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's great. And I think, to be honest, if you had a different name, I don't think it would as, attract as many people as you've got now. So, I mean. Yeah, right. <laughs> it could be. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, I mean, but it is me doing it either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no but then kind of onto that whole language thing like i yeah. i got this from you the whole kind of like murder abortion is murder post-water women yes. murder, like never saying that word with that word just right. use and i picked that up from you so can you please explain to our listeners thank you or viewers like why 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 don't we use that yeah so well, I think there's there's a couple different perspectives on this, and the one that I choose, and I think, well, I think it's the one with the best uh, reasoning behind it, is that abortion, if you look up uh, murder, if you look up the term murder in the dictionary or any legal document or anything like that, uh, murder is the deliberate killing of, an innocent, of, a, of a human being, uh, the illegal deliberate killing of a human being. Um, and abortion being currently legal does not qualify for that um, because like once it becomes illegal, which it will, once it becomes illegal, then we can call it murder because it will be illegal killing of a human being. But right now it is just literally homicide. It is like all, so all abortion is illegal or an all, sorry, all murder is illegal, but not all homicide is illegal. Like you can have homicide from self-defense, accidental, 
um, things like that. And so abortion, it, um, when you look at the term hom and aside, H-O-M, it means homo sapiens. Then you have uh, aside, which is the suffix for um, for killing, like herbicide or insecticide. So you have hom aside, which is literally human killing. Um, and you look at all the legal documentation and things like that, it is it is in every capacity, homicide. It might be justifiable homicide. It might be accidental. It might be self-defense. It might be whatever. Either way, it's homicide. But because it is legal, it can't technically be murder. There are people who will who will kind of fire back with by saying, "Yeah, but the, you're you're saying that it's you're saying that because it's legal, it's okay." It's like that's not at all what I'm saying. Obviously, it's not what I'm saying. I think the law is wrong. I want to change it. I just want to be more accurate with our with our terminology. Yeah. Um, there are people who will say that. Uh, who cares what the law says? It is murder in God's eyes. Which I'm I'm actually, I understand where they're coming from in that in that case. However. If we're going to be as accurate as we can in as short of a of a window as we can, we want to make sure that we don't derail the conversation and specifically start talking about legal issues rather than what abortion actually is, which is the deliberate killing of an innocent human being. So, like the term murder, I think pro-life crowd tends to, and and the people who would be generally more anti-abortion, like the uh, like the um, the abolition crowd uh, tend to focus more on, on the, the term murder than I think they need to. Um, and I kind of wish they wouldn't, but to each their own, I guess. I mean, I, I'm not here to control it. Everybody else does. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. It's been a really good chat, actually. Um, and I hope anyone who's listening or watching has enjoyed it. Um, just to kind of like round us off, what words of encouragement would you give to UK youth? I mean, like we're a different country, obviously, to the United States of America. Um, we have different laws and uh, we've got a completely different culture. Um, we're not as kind of loud of a country about abortion as America is. And I think sometimes it's quite hard to motivate young people to kind of get involved in this and, you know, be fearless and actually put themselves out there in defense of all life. So I think we kind of do need a little bit of a boost. Uh, that's hopefully what we're going to be doing for the podcast with abortion resistance with all of that. But is there anything that you can say that might kind of mobilize people? Oh man, I feel like I need some time to like prepare a motivational speech or something. But no, I, I mean, I think if, if the cause exists that is worthy of your time, then I don't know what other, what would be, what would be worth what would be worthwhile more than doing that? Because like, if, if it is, if it is the right thing to do and there are people being killed, like that's our perspective. That is literally our belief. It is the, that there are millions of unborn human beings who are being killed. Like, I don't, I don't even understand how you could even look at that perspective and say, you know what? It's kind of, it's kind of boring. Uh, I don't, maybe I won't. Like, it just seems like a thing that you should probably do because people are dying. Like, I can't, I can't imagine, like, the people who are trying to abolish slavery or who are trying to do any other of these human rights things in the past thinking, like, well, you know, I guess if maybe we, if we ignore it long enough, it'll go away or something. Like, that's not how any of this stuff changes. So, like, everybody has our own little chunk of people that we're influenced, that we influence and who are we are influenced by. And I think if we can all, uh, there's a, a phrase that I think Greg Kokel from an organization called Stand to Reason, he says that we, we are basically, we are to bloom where we're planted. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't interact with the same 
organizations and groups and, and people that you do. So that's your, that's your job. You can't interact with the same people that I do. That's my job. So if we can all be the influence in our own little section of the world, I think that's the best thing that we can do. Mm, that was absolutely beautiful. I'm going to write that up and put it in a graphic <laughs> <laughs> and tag a Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elijah, so much for coming on, guys. If you haven't checked, like, seen Dank Real Life Meme, if you're not following the page, it's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, he obviously has the podcast, the Fetal Position podcast, which you can listen to um, online on the website. And there's also a Facebook page, which you can connect um, to the podcast episodes through that. Obviously, I mean, debatable whether or not it's as good as this one, but <clears throat> you can make that decision for yourself. <laughs> we'll let them decide. <laughs> yeah. No, it is absolutely amazing. There's some really, really good information on there. If you're looking to learn more about the pro-life position um, and what we believe in. Um, if you haven't checked out abortion resistance page, please do that. Um, give it a follow, a like, subscribe. And obviously, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, what are you doing with your life? You definitely need to get, need to get on that. It's a no-brainer, really. Um, but thank Seriously. you for listening, watching. And Elijah, thank you so, so much for coming on. It's been absolutely lovely to have you and hopefully have you on again in the future. That would be awesome. Thank you. Yeah, guys. Bye.